Hello. Hey. Hey guys, it's your host, Dasam and Emma, here with our 10th episode of Before We Make It. Woo! (laughs) We made it. I'm honestly shocked. I knew it. And it's our second time recording this because (laughs) why don't you go ahead and fill them in? (laughs) Just fill them in. Okay. So we had our laundry going and we didn't realize until like 10 minutes into the episode. And then, you know, I accidentally, but kind of willingly deleted what we had because I thought you could hear it the whole time. In two seconds. But then Emma goes, dude, you could literally only hear it at the end. Like we could have had nine great minutes of footage. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Or recording. I feel like we were spitting some fire. So that's we really awesome were. <laughs> But it's okay. Sometimes in life, you just have to start over again. And that's what we're doing. Maybe it'll be better this time. Sometimes it's the wins. Oh my god. sometimes it's the losses. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> Sunday night, guys, we are back here at 11.40 p.m., in the middle of a genuine senior life crisis. Yeah. And we are recording this because I'm sure all of you who are about to graduate from high school, college, transition in some shape or form is experiencing a little bit of anxiety about it. And this is not a new thing for us, I feel, because (laughs) we have these life crises all the time. And I feel like we even had it like last year at some point, at like once a semester or something, there are at least two crises that we go through together. And we both go to one of the other's rooms and we just rant forever. But now we actually have somewhere to place those rants and hopefully it helps people. (laughs) Hopefully hopefully, it resonates with you. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully it helps someone and, and you guys can feel like you actually are heard and seen because- We see you and we understand everything that you're going through. If you are going through a tough life transition right now, or maybe an impending transition, something that's not happening at the moment, but Mm -hmm. it's happening in a matter of months, like senior graduation. So let's talk about that. But first, we are going to get into our little segments that we love to do. Reality check. Yes. So I will say I'm at this weird funk in the semester. If y'all can relate, I have senioritis, so I'm not necessarily super motivated to be like super invested and passionate about my courses. And I just want to be organized enough that I don't miss any assignments, but I'm not like actively excited to attend class. So that's an issue. And then also sometimes things don't go your way. And so I applied to this internship and I ended up not getting it, which means I need to find a part-time job for this semester. So if you're in the similar boat, then I understand, guys. Rejection is just redirection. So think of it positively. And that's me. For me, I have kind of been going through something similar, just like that senioritis feel. It's been a weird week, I will say. Yep. Um, every single day, I've been feeling like it's still break. And we had such a long break. I don't know if it's that we started school later in the semester than normal or what exactly it is in the air. But I just have not been as motivated, even though I've, like I went to workout class and I tried to write all my calendar dates for the week down and all of yeah. that stuff. Haven't even like finished all of that. Um, there's just been like a lot of stuff going on. But I will say this week is going to be better. I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic about it, but it's kind of like I'm so close to graduation. We're so close to graduation that it feels a little bit futile to try as hard, but I know that's not the case. Like we obviously have to pass our classes, get good grades in order to get there. And so I know I can't just give up. Um, and then the other thing is that we did have an amazing Friday night and Ooh, it was one of the greatest about nights ever. That. <laughs> the night that changed our lives. I completed something on my senior bucket list that 
I didn't think I would be able to. And so I cannot reveal the sort of details, but 30 seconds of courage, proud of you. 30 seconds of courage. Exactly. So let me just say the lavender vanilla candle that I must have pointedly lighted on my desk (laughs) to create an ambiance in this very dim room because that's how she likes to record, is just giving me all the good vibes. So thank so you. Good. Yes. Yeah, Bath and Body Works, Lavender, Vanilla. But next segment, Truly Obsessed, our favorite of all time. What have you been into? I've been into a couple of things. And the first thing I know I've talked about for sure on this podcast, but it's been Spotify because I'm typically an Apple Music girl. I have all my so playlists on there. But Spotify has a three-month free trial that I took advantage of, and I've been loving the Discover Weekly. It curates these amazing playlists for you every single Monday, and all of the songs are so spot on. Like, I get so excited for the beginning of every week just to, like, hear all of the songs that Spotify has put together for me. So I recommend if you're looking just for a place to introduce you to new music, it's amazing. I'm sure everyone already knows that. And then the second thing that I've been loving for the past month has been the Essence Lash Princess Mascara. It's Ooh. from Ulta. It's really inexpensive. A ton of TikTokers are like talking about it all the time. It's just like that product that's always being raved about. So I really recommend it for layering on top of other mascaras. It just thickens your lashes, has a really like creamy formula. And I use that literally every day. So she has recommend. the longest lashes. I'm so oh jealous. My gosh. No, but it's unfair. But it's really just good at darkening your lashes. Like put on um, a mascara that's good at separating and volumizing, but then this one just thickens it up and it's so, so good. Definitely recommend. I think it's like five bucks or four bucks or something. Oh my God, that's a steal. But what about you? I have been converted, guys, to the Bridgerton religion. Finally. Okay, so Saturday (laughs) we slept in and we were like, you know what? Let's just indulge in one episode. Let's have some lunch and chill and then we'll get right back to work. Eight episodes later, it's like almost midnight and we're basically like so sad. I'm experiencing like post TV show ending depression mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had no idea that everything was going to be so beautiful. Like I want to go visit the Modiste and get a ball gown for myself. Like I just love the plot, the romantic chemistry. It just brought out something in me that was so like alive. And Emma was probably so annoyed with me because I kept making like all these noises. I was gasping. She was, let me just set the scene. I'm sitting there like, this is my third time watching it, but you know, it's still magical. It's amazing. But I'm like sitting there watching it and literally a character takes a bite of their steak and just sounds like, Oh my god! Wait, why? Why did you look? Some stuff is warranted. I will say, when Simon and Daphne—spoiler alert—Simon and Daphne have their first kiss. It is amazing, and I would gasp at that too. But no, I mean, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I think that it's something you don't expect to love so much, and then you're just hooked after the first episode. Like I got my cousin to watch it, and she doesn't normally like stuff like that, but she loved it. So it's just beautiful to look at, like the gowns, the way the balls are decorated. They pay attention to every Mm -hmm. single detail. So if you haven't watched Bridgerton yet, I don't know why you haven't watched it, but please do yourself a favor, make your 2021 better and go watch it. Get on the bandwagon. And then maybe you'll start talking in a British accent every now and then. So details. (laughs) It's fun. And then my second favorite is this Lanze L-A-N-Z-E keratin hair oil. It's in this beautiful gold glass bottle. And I soak my hair in it after I get out of the shower. My hair is damp. And then even afterwards, and for some reason, it just leaves your hair so silky and smooth. And that's like the best thing. When you have long, luscious locks, not that I have those. (laughs) It's really nice to have some sort of moisturizing treatment because your hair can get super fizzy, super fast. I need that. 
in my life. <laughs> you can try it. Well, on Friday night, I know this is a thing, but it just sucks when it happens. When you're getting ready for a night out, a dinner, like whatever it is, and just nothing you're putting on seems to make you feel good and confident mm. and ready. So I was having a crisis. I couldn't find anything to wear. And I tried to be different with my hair. Like I'm telling you all day long, I planned it. I was like, I'm going to crimp my hair tonight. It's going to look so good. So volumizing. So like beach wavy, sexy. And it literally looked anything, but it was so ugly. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I did it wrong. I don't know how to crimp my hair. I don't. And so I I have the bed head crimp, like wave master thing. I don't know what it's called. If you guys know how to use it properly, please, I'm begging you, please let me know (laughs) because it was so difficult to use. It makes my hair smell super burnt. And I don't know if this is anyone else's experience with it, but I got it because it was inexpensive and maybe that was like a poor decision to make because it just isn't that great. But anyway, after I finished my hair, it was just so frizzy and just not cute. Just almost making fun of me because I had pigtail, like <laughs> okay, half a half down pigtail. I will say there was a slight resemblance to Boo from Monsters Inc. Okay. I, I don't see it, but I will say like, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the look. And so it was just frustrating, but I don't know, maybe like hair oil would have helped the frizz. I didn't even think about that. I kind of just was crying. Yeah, but sometimes the littlest things can take you off for yeah, no for reason. Sure. And even myself, like I've experienced this too, where you're just Same. like you're just not feeling it, and you get so frustrated that you just don't even want to go out anymore. Like I was so close to that point, but then I flipped a coin, ended up having to go, and it was actually like the best. So it was so I'm glad fun that it ended up going really well. Yay! Okay, back guys. to our crisis. <laughs> Senior life crisis. Let me just say, whenever a door closes, I feel like a part of me that is so apprehensive about change and going into that new chapter of my life is because of how much I cherish the old chapter. And I feel like a literal part of me, like a piece of my heart is dying off as I leave college. It's strange to be in this place where we're literally seeing the finish line so closely like it's only a mere matter of months away but we're not there yet and so we're willingly going into every single day knowing that this experience like maybe one of the last that we ever have in this time of our lives I mean like yes we will still be able to do certain things with friends and have a lot of different experiences outside of college but it's just that like living in this apartment as best friends having our friend group like the way that it all works out in this specific way, in this specific time of our lives is just so unique and it's not ever going to be the same again, which is a lot to take in. And I think like for us, the last time we experienced this was high school because all of that time for 18 years, like we've been living under our parents' roofs and like living that sort of day in, day out, like eight Mm. hours inside a school building life. And that's (laughs) all, that's all that we knew though. Like literally that's all that we knew. And now that we've experienced college and to be totally honest, like I personally didn't think that I would have as good of an experience as I have had in college, Aww. like thank God. But it's been so incredible and so irreplaceable. Like yeah. just the experiences that, that like I know that both of us have had and mm-hmm. just like so many ways that we've grown. It's really hard to let go of that and yeah. to think that, you know, it's going to get better. I mean, geez, like I hope it gets better, obviously. Like, but it's like, how could it get better than the way it is now? Like we're, like you were saying, like you feel so free right now. Like this is the freest you'll ever be before you start working at your job, like under a boss, having so many responsibilities. Yeah. And what I just realized is that society paints this really adventurous, like exciting, picturesque coming of age experience out of college Mm -hmm. specifically and also high school. But people always say like college is the best years of your life. Like you're always with your friends. You're doing things that you're 
truly passionate about, whether it's a student organization or a part-time job or whatever, obviously there's responsibilities. There's a little bit more pressure on you to like find a career, but it's not the same as being in a nine to five job or whatever else you find yourself in, or even starting a family. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of our friends have crossed that line over to like marriage and beginning families. And it's just insane because I feel like adulthood now is being associated with like my impending doom. (laughs) Can you relate? For sure. I like, I can't even picture being a quote unquote adult. And I feel like that's a huge part of like our mission behind this podcast is that Mm. we're talking about, it's kind of ironic because it's like before we make it, but like, do you ever really make it? Yeah. And it's crazy to even set such an expectation of making it on ourselves and on other people because life keeps going and you keep growing and it's not like you ever get to a point where you're just finally finished, you know? And Mm. I will say like something that kind of brought up this conversation with us that we started having in my room while I was folding laundry (laughs) was that, okay, so there is a Sex in the City reboot, right? And it's called, and just like that, it's coming out soon. Basically talking about all of the main characters. So Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte, they're all in their 50s now. Obviously, Charlotte has kids. Miranda has, a, like, I think a son. I don't know, she may have another kid. And wow. Carrie obviously hasn't had any. And it's about them navigating their life as these older women. Obviously, like it started out them super young, super new to just the New York City life and living that glamorized life that we see oftentimes in movies and TV shows that take place in New York, the life that we all want to live, honestly, sometimes. Yep. And so anyway, it's just interesting to me because personally, like it's going to sound so shallow, but I am afraid of growing old. Like I am so afraid of getting to a point <laughs> You're not in, shallow. like getting to a point in my life where I am bored with everything. Like I regret decisions I make and there just isn't as much adventure left to have. Hmm. And it doesn't have to be that way, but those are like the fears that I personally am experiencing. And I know that it's different for everybody, but that whole, you know, idea of showing the reality of being middle-aged woman living in New York with her best friends, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really cool. And I'm excited to see how they take it in a direction to where there is that message of, okay, not all hope is lost. Like it doesn't have to mean that once you're past your twenties or your thirties or your forties, even that life isn't as exciting to live anymore. And mm. I don't know, like, I know we're only 21, but we're it's just, so these, it's just this like crazy idea that we're moving on to actual adulthood and into the real world. <laughs> and it's going to be interesting. And we're just freaking out about it a little. Yeah. And also the juxtaposition of being afraid to get out there and experience change and then also not wanting stability or quote unquote, a boring Mm. life. I think it's so interesting because obviously we want to be comfortable to an extent, but we don't want to be so comfortable that we lose the spark, like the fire in us to try new things and get out there. And that's something that also scares me because my dad said that your twenties is where you experience life quote unquote life, whatever that means. And then then, settle down. Yeah. And then when you settle down, like your thirties, your forties there and after it's become very routine and very mundane. And obviously there is a lot of excitement that you can find in that, but it's less glamorized by society. Like people don't really talk about, Oh my God, the blooming thirties, like what a wonderful time or blooming forties. So yeah. And also when you have kids, like we've talked about this before, That's your life. Yeah. That also may be like the beginning of a chapter that isn't yours anymore. And it's not to say that that's not a beautiful chapter in and of itself, because Mm -hmm. I know that it's so fulfilling. And obviously like that's how we came to be like our parents decided to have kids, but it's just crazy and very honestly scary to think about. Like I feel once I 
get into that part of my life. Not that my life is going to be over, but that it's just going to take a turn to where I don't really worry about mm. myself only anymore. Mm. Like I have to do things for other people, provide for other people, for my children, obviously. And it's not a choice, obviously, because those are your kids. Like it's crazy to think that at some point you will have many other lives to worry about. Yeah. And you're not the main character of the show anymore. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing, but it's just scary. It's it's weird because all we know so far is worrying about ourselves. Granted, like you care about your friends and you care about your family and you know the person that you're in a relationship with if that's if that's the case, but we are not responsible for providing for someone else and and making sure that they stay alive. Oh god. And that's a big responsibility. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nothing compared to what we're dealing with now. That's really a in whole retrospect. Other crisis. <laughs> that's, but this is you're you're hearing a live crisis, okay? Yeah. I'm sorry. But if y'all know like AM culture, we have this ring by spring saying oh, as in a lot of people in our age group like do get engaged to people like closer to graduation. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think when you know, you know, I think for us as people that do not see marriage or engagement in our near future, I think it's something that is intimidating. And even if you are the most planned perfectionist, like personally, like I could be a little OCD about my future sometimes, and you already have a feeling like what your future is going to look like, the anticipation of not knowing what could go wrong, the instability of who are you going to spend the rest of your life with truly, right? Because you don't have your family, you don't have your friends necessarily, you're probably going to be like across the world or the US. And if you even have a boyfriend, like it might be long distance for a long time. And so I think when you graduate college, it's truly like the very first time you're leaving the nest without anyone necessarily holding your hand. Like you can't live with your high school friends like you can when you go from high school to college. Yeah. And that actually brings up something that I was thinking about today and I think sort of prompted this whole idea and this whole conversation is the fact that, okay, I don't have a postgrad plan yet. And I know a lot of people do not. We're all still trying to figure it out. It's January. We have a few months left, but we're still trying to figure it out. Nonetheless, in a COVID world where it's very, very hard to get a job and hard to rest easy in a solid position that you're going to be going into after graduation. And so I was thinking to myself, like, okay, maybe I should just stay in my college town next, like for the fall semester and kind of like still act like I'm in college, but get a job and have a plan for the next semester. But then I realized like that's something I want and not even fully, but a part of me wants, but it's not going to be the thing that I need. And Mm. so in that sense, it's like, even though a part of you wants to stay in that part of your life, like, you know, maybe in high school, when you were graduating, you were like, oh, I just want one more day with my friends. Or I just want to experience <laughs> this for a crying. little bit longer. Just go to prom one more time or something like that. A part of you desires that. But I think that we all know to some extent that it's not what we need. Yeah. And we literally just need to place ourselves in a position where it's very uncomfortable and very difficult. And there might be a long period of difficulty but it doesn't mean that things aren't going to get better eventually. And obviously, like we talk about this all the time, but through uncomfortable situation, change is made and it's what's necessary in order to get us to the next point of our lives where we're going to feel even more joy and even more gratefulness for the fact that we get to experience that. Back to the whole idea of, and the reality, honestly, of our friends and people that we see on social media, our yeah. age that are getting engaged and, and having kids already, it's mind blowing because I mean, number one, I mean, them. we, but we, but yeah, I mean, we're in a different stage of our life for sure. And I think we all know that we're all on very different timelines, but 
I saw this post on Instagram and I just wanted to kind of read the message really quick because I think it'll help some people. Not sure who needs to hear this, but I just realized that Kamala Harris met the love of her life, Douglas Emhoff, at the age of 49 and got married at 50. She's now 56 years old and at the peak of her career, though I'm sure another one awaits after eight years. Joe Biden will soon become the oldest president at the age of 78, a position which he had been seeking since he was 45 years old. Let this be a reminder that age shouldn't be a proxy for happiness or success. The reason why we don't see lists like 60 under 60 is because, as a society, we seem to value speed above progress. Wow. That hit. Say less. That hits so hard. Wow. So I'm thinking about it for a second. (laughs) She's literally looking at the wall like. (gasps) It's so true though. I think especially in the United States. My mom actually said this to me the other day. She was saying how it's hard for my grandparents, like her parents, to sometimes go on trips with us per se, like across the country, because they are seen in society as people that need aid rather than people that can contribute value. Mm. And that's really hard for them. And I think that's why we as like young people barely going into our twenties are already fearing the fact that our value may tarnish over time. Mm. And suddenly like everyone having their glossy eyes on us, like wanting to give us opportunities and wanting to us to join their companies and help them out and have like the fresh innovative minds, whatever, like that is seemingly going to disappear like over time. And also as women, like biological clocks and mm-hmm. time clocks, etc. So those are really contributing factors, honestly, to a senior life crisis like this. Oh gosh. Yeah. Senior citizen life crisis. Senior like literally that's that a whole other oh thing so last night i was watching side note watching Grey's anatomy and so there were a ton of very like old people that came into the hospital all at once and they called it like a silver wave or something like that oh my god like, oh, why do we call it a silver wave like why and they're like oh well, if you call them old people they're gonna get really mad and that like what you just said made me think a lot about how yeah like when you look at older people it's like in comparison to someone who's fresh out of college who has that experience with modern technology and is very innovative and original, you ch- oftentimes choose the person or yeah, at least typically- You discredit them. Yeah. And it's like that person has so much more experience and, and it, doesn't, dumb. it doesn't mean that they have no value. And I think especially as a woman, like obviously age and the way that that affects our looks is such a huge concern. And that's why people start getting- Botox very early on to prevent wrinkles and all of that. And I get it. And it's just, it's one of those things that we like genuinely cannot control. And to some extent, like no matter what you do, like it will show that, you know, you are a certain age, but I think that we sort of need to help destigmatize that and make it to where it's not a bad thing to grow older. It's not a bad thing to earn experiences and then decide. It's a privilege. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's honestly incredible when you meet someone who is a lot older than you, like, I mean, even your parents and your grandparents, and they have so many stories to tell. And I've always like looked at older people like this. Oh my gosh, this is like so far from the conversation that we started on. <laughs> I always looked at older people and been like, oh, like they already live their life. Mm. But being in a position Ooh. where we're already looking to that, I mean, obviously that is years and years away, but it feels very real just because of how fast everything has gone by and how we are already about to graduate college and enter that new stage of our life. It's like, holy cow, like it's going to mm. happen sooner than we expect. And I don't want to be discredited by people younger than me. Like, I don't want to be seen as someone who is incapable of saying wise things <laughs> or contributing. So I know. We're like, what are we going to be worrying about when we're 60 years old? But really, like, I mean, even in our 30s and 40s, 
I don't want to feel like people don't value what I have to say and that my existence is not needed because I'm older. Yeah. I mean, hopefully that doesn't happen. And that actually (laughs) reminded me the other reason why I'm going through like a senior life crisis is because when you're bright eyed and bushy tailed as like a six year old or something, like I would always look up to people that accomplished incredible things, whether it was like, Oh, a 15 year old won a Nobel peace prize. And then I was like, it's okay. She's nine years older than me. Like I have time. And then for some reason, right as you enter your twenties, like that age frame of, Oh, she's young and accomplished is suddenly like slowly out the window. And then I start to question, are the dreams that I've dreamed up in my head for my life and for my career and for my success, are those even feasible? Mm -hmm. And so now I'm having to come to terms with the realities of what I want versus what is truly possible. And I think that also scares me a lot because I've always felt like, oh, I'm young, I'm young, like I'm younger than these like, you know, internet stars or these award winners or these young people that are just being constantly praised for accomplishing so much at a young age. I mean, think about it. Like you watch the news and then you always hear that saying, wow, it makes me feel like I've, what have I done with my life? Like this person Mm -hmm. has, you know, like mapped the stars or worked for NASA or that inaugural poet at the inauguration. Yeah. 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 Recently 23, like she has already like been recognized worldwide for this honor. It's things like that. And for me being 21, seeing a lot of these people be accomplishing things younger than me or very close to my age makes me feel like I'm running out of time, even though I'm not. Like it's too late for anything like that because you had to have started at such a much younger age in order to get there by this time of your life. It's so weird. Like when you think of 21 year olds too, as like a 15 year old or a 14 year old. Oh man. Like 21 just seems so far and so adult. Like just the number. I was like, oh, they're 21. Like they're already have a career living their lives in a big city. Like (laughs) as if I'm so sorry. Like, but I think obviously there are some very, very young accomplished people that, you know, they've moved out of their parents' house at like 18, bought a huge house in LA at 20, you know. Those are the rarities though. Like that's not the average. Exactly. And uh, we talk about comparison all the time, but I think this is super duper relevant is that you literally Mm -hmm. can't compare your timeline to someone else's. And it's always been really easy to say, but hard to actually do and practice. And I think right now it's very necessary to put it into practice, to actually believe that every single day that, your timeline is your timeline and it can't be put next to someone who has had very vastly different life experiences than you, mm. who maybe started working on whatever it is that they're successful at way before you even thought about it. And that's totally fine. And that's just, it's honestly the best part about life is that you don't have to look forward to a specific age for success because we don't necessarily know when it's going to happen. You just keep going towards it. You yeah. keep you keep living your life as is. You keep trying to get to where you want to be and eventually you're going to get there but it's not going to be in a cookie cutter way that you've seen displayed before you if that makes sense yeah and the other thing is that whenever you put so much pressure on yourself because you're let's say reaching a deadline so if you're about to graduate in may then you may be putting a lot of pressure on yourself to have a job like in line before you walk that stage Like if those are standards that you have for yourself and they motivate you, great. But if they're just putting so much unnecessary anxiety on you and you are going to feel like a failure for no other reason than you didn't 
make that deadline, then give yourself some grace because I think a lot of us, like we feel a lot of pressure to accomplish things by the end of a chapter and be like fully prepared for the next one by the end of that one. But that's not how it works. Like you have to learn as you go. Like even if you prepare super, super hard and you know all the details of your next chapter, that is never going to be guaranteed necessarily. And so we all just need to rest in the fact that we have the present moment today to enjoy and that we have the future to look forward to rather than something to be wary and like almost dreadful of. Mm-hmm. Or in some cases to even like rush towards like, oh, I already want to be there in my life. Mm. I already want to be at this point in my life. Like, like dissatisfied with the present. Exactly. Like all you have is the present and it makes perfect sense to say that in order to have a great future, you kind of have to make your present as great as possible because yeah. I like, what are you just going to like? mope around at your present day life in hopes that one day it'll just magically turn around for a greater future. Like, no, you start somewhere. You have to start with right now, literally just today. Yeah. And the other thing that I struggle with in this senior (laughs) life crisis is also the uncertainty of who's going to stick around like when I'm not there Mm -hmm. anymore, you know? I was just thinking about that. Yeah. Like I worry about that because obviously like I'm moving away from my friends and family and my boyfriend and everyone. (laughs) Like I'm moving to New York City, if y'all didn't know, uh, from Texas. And also like I have no idea where my friends are going. Um, Some of them I do, some of them I don't. And I think it's scary that the people that you have grown such intimate and deep connections with over college, you're just going to lose them. Mm. But that's not true because honestly, everyone's closest friends, they always come back to college. Like they may not trace back to middle school or high school, but they usually come back to college. And if you're currently in college, then know that it's in your control too, because I've always worried like, oh, what if they don't reach out? then you reach out, (laughs) you know, and you're also going to build new connections. That's something I, I always fear. Like, what if I don't make new connections that I just care about as deeply as the ones I have in my current life. Well, don't fear what you don't know and focus on what you can control, which is just being so appreciative and grateful for the friends you have now, the family you have now, if the proximity is there, visit them as much as you can. And then when you move on, you'll still keep them there. Like their presence will be there, if not physically, just mentally and in your heart, you know? And also think about the fact that when you were graduating high school and going into college or wherever it is that you decided to go after high school, you might have experienced this exact same thing of, I'm never going to see my friends anymore. We're going to totally different schools. Our friendship is basically over. And all of those thoughts are totally normal. And I feel like it's a repetition of that. But you were okay. And you made it through another four years and you made different friends and you maybe you mended some of the relationships that had been broken in the past. Maybe you lost some friends. And I truly believe that whoever is meant to stay in your life will find a way to stay in it, even if you are going through these life experiences that may try to drive you apart. I really do think that the the people that are meant to stay in your life will somehow always be there, even if it is from very far away. I agree. And do you ever fear that since you spent college mostly doing what you want to do when you're in a job, like you won't be able to have that creative freedom anymore? Oh yeah, for sure. And I, it's, it's hard to say what exactly that's going to, like my future is going to look like as far as freedom goes in my job, just because I'm still trying to figure out what exactly that job's going to be. But yeah, I mean, and even in the sense of like right now we get to We get to choose how our weekends go. We get to choose how we organize our days. We get to choose our class schedules. And it's really all up to us and how we decide to 
you know, discipline ourselves and go about our days and do our work and be productive. And in that position of, you know, someone's literally relying on us to do this work for the betterment of the company and just other people are depending on us. It becomes more of a responsibility and more of an obligation than a desire to do the work. I mean, and that's like something that is another one of my like fears and something that prompted the crisis as well is like, <laughs> I want, I mean, do I mean, a lot of so many things, but I, I want to be in a position where I have creative freedom. And this is what we all want, honestly, like, especially our generation. Like mm-hmm. we are, we feed off of instant gratification. We're used to getting things our way. We're used to having a little bit of privilege in choosing jobs that fulfill our emotional and purpose related needs more so than our financial needs. Yeah. Purpose is a huge driving factor. Just going to work with a reason every day and being passionate about what you're Mission doing. oriented. It's such a huge thing. And I also want to say that regardless of what you decide to go into, what job you take on next, it doesn't have to be a permanent life sentence. Like you can choose. And let me just say that I know for a lot of people, it's not a decision. Like it's not, it's not up to them to leave their job. Like they have to stay there. Like they have to provide for themselves, their family. If they have kids, like it's simply just not up to them. And if you want to do something and if you want to go somewhere and if you do have the option and there is a little bit of flexibility in that sense, then you can do it. Like you can literally do it and work to go to a different job, something that you think is going to fulfill that need for passion and to enjoy the work that you do. I don't know if that sounds too dreamer-esque, but... No, I love it. I think it's great because... It reminds me that we never stop growing. We're always going to have some sort of childish curiosity in us about the world because we can never know everything. Mm -hmm. So we need to hold on to that. Another thing is sometimes when you're younger, you obviously find yourself living your life for others, whether that's your parents, your grandparents, your teachers, anyone that believes in you, even your friends. And at one point, you have to stop caring about reputation, status, what society thinks of you, what society deems as appropriate or a good career, stability, etc., and sim- simply chase after your heart's desire. Because when you leave the nest and enter into adulthood, especially post-graduation, there's no one holding your hand and there's no one actually doing like the grueling work. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard work. I am not going to lie. Like, yes, it can be enjoyable, but you are working like eight hours a day, 40 hours a week or more. And that is more than we've ever worked in college, like straight, you know, like having deadlines to meet that are really, really important, like high stake. And so at some point you need to let go of that and truly kind of spread your wings, you know? We don't just want to say, oh, if you are uncomfortable with your job or you want to find a better job elsewhere that you're happier in, like just quit and go get a new one because we know that it's not always possible. So we just wanted to say something about that and not be inconsiderate or sound like, you know, that isn't a real thing because obviously it is. Um, We are solely saying that if there is a situation in which you do have a little bit of leeway, go and do it. Last segment, Endearing Awkwardness. We're going to tell really brief stories of embarrassing moments that have happened because it makes us a little bit more relatable, more human. And honestly, it's nice that at least one person listening can benefit from our misery. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
So this was honestly <laughs> absolutely embarrassing. Like, I don't even know how to say this because it did not happen while I was like 12 years old. It happened while I was a full grown adult, guys. A like, few months in ago. College. Yeah, it's absolutely embarrassing. A couple of friends and I, we went to visit one of our friends in a city nearby. We were staying over at this friend's apartment, right? And it's a small apartment. Like, there's not a lot of rooms. The two of us had to be like on this air mattress in the living room. One of us had to be on the couch and then the other two had to be like in the other bedroom. So it was like a tight squeeze and there was like not a lot of distance between the living room and the bedrooms. And also, let me just say the restroom. The restroom was right across the bedroom. Yeah. And from the living room, you could see the hallway between the bedroom and the bathroom. Yeah. So basically what Very happened easily. was that, <laughs> so honestly, it was really hot in this apartment. Like I was just like, sweating in that bedroom and so I wanted to sleep free flowly and whatever and then basically I tried to go to the restroom in the middle of the night it was like 3 a.m or something but I didn't realize that you could actually see people walking by from the bedroom to the restroom from the living room right and the thing is, like, it was dark outside, but I didn't realize that there was, like, this tiny little, like, hallway light on until I was, like, in the hallway. So, basically, I ran from my bedroom to the restroom, like, scurried super fast. <laughs> and then I slammed the door, and I slammed the door just to hear people laughing on the air mattress in the living room. And I started freaking out. I was like, oh my God. Like, I thought it was pitch black outside. And there was this hallway light. Like, I was mortified, right? And Emma's laughing right now because she was on that air mattress. <laughs> and let me just say, guys, let me just say. It was like a fleeting ghost ran by. Like, what was that? <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I'm genuinely so, so embarrassed. But basically, that is what happened. And then one of our friends, who was totally, totally oblivious to everything that was happening, (laughs) he was super oblivious to everything, like confused as to why they were giggling on the air mattress. He gets up and then he tries to go to his own restroom. So let me just say, this is his apartment. Like he is so kind and gracious to sleep on the couch because he wants to give his friends, obviously, like the bedrooms and whatever and like the mattresses. And so he gets up and scurries over to open the bathroom door. And I'm thinking that one of my friends is trying to humiliate me because they saw me walk by. And so I slam the door in his face and he has no idea, no idea what's going on. And so he literally gets so mad, like angry, just, you know, grumpy because it's late at night and he needed to go to the restroom, like the one and only restroom in his house. And so he basically like stomps away to the air mattress. And I'm confused because I still hear giggling. I hear angry grumbling. And I'm like mortified that I even had the audacity to like walk out of the bedroom without much on. And basically that was probably the most embarrassing night of my life. It was the funniest thing. And it spurred so many different events. Like, like you running out of that room, it just caused so much chaos. I mean, she benefited from my misery. I hope y'all do too. It was so funny. All right. I have a really, really difficult and embarrassing story (laughs) to tell. I never, I'm honestly scared. I want to cry. This is exposing 101 This is This is like, I actually hope that no one is listening at this point. I'm serious because what I'm about to tell is a story of cunning wisdom Honestly, yeah. Cleverness. It was cutting edge. It was innovative. It was fresh. It was fun. It was flirty. It was a master scheme, guys. 
And it was embarrassing, but it was also hilarious as a bystander, might I add. Okay. I hope nobody hates me for this, but I feel terrible. I genuinely do, but low key, like, I think it's funny because it's been enough time at this point. But oh, God, I'm literally incriminating myself. Please trust me. Like, I promise I don't do stuff like this normally. This is a weird situation. Um, One of flurry of emotions and love. No, definitely not love. <laughs> um, what is that called? It's not a crush. Wonder. Yeah, it was a crush. It was a crush. It was a schoolgirl crush. Okay, let me just say, I took a course, a class, uh, October of 2019. And specific. It was, it was a class where there was a lot of people in it. And I never really had a lot of attractive TAs in my other classes. But in this specific class, I had a very attractive TA. And I was honestly blown away by how cute I thought he was and how smart he was because that class was hard. And obviously to be a TA, you have to have done well in the class. And so that was obviously like factored into the whole crush and like wonder about this person. So anyway... I had a crush. I didn't really do anything about it. Months go by, like since school starts, it's already fall. And I have this friend who was doing like videography for this organization. And one day he shows me this video that he took of this org. And in the video is my crush TA man. And I'm like, okay. Um, so uh, like uh, for some reason, I didn't know his name. I didn't even pay attention. Like I never saw his emails. I never looked on the syllabus for his name. Like ever. I just, I just knew him as like my QTA, but for like, for some reason, this just sparked my curiosity. And so I was like, okay, I need to find out his name. So anyway, I find him on Instagram. I follow him. He follows me back. No big deal as you do. And my friend, the same friend who had showed me the video, he tells me, Hey, like if you're interested, you should for your organization where you write, you should ask him, you you should ask him if you can do an article, a piece, a period piece, no, a a piece, a piece on an interview on his org and he could be like the spokesperson for it and that's that way you can get to know him and also brilliant and also highlight the org and so i'm like okay it was not my my idea but (laughs) it was my fault for going through with it so anyway i'm like that is the most brilliant plan like i've ever heard in my life and i decide to go ahead and reach out to my TA via Instagram. And I'm like, Hey, like I write for this, you know, whatever. And I really want to interview. We want to highlight your men's org. And so he agrees to meet me for coffee. And I acted completely unlike myself the entire time, like before this coffee date, like she they were so ready for this. coffee. No, date. seriously. So no, like my, I was listening to Taylor Swift every day. I was so excited. I was like, this is going to be like the beginning of my future. Like literally love my life, it whatever. So like strange. literally didn't know. <laughs> seriously. That's exactly what I was. I was so excited for this, even though like to him, I was just this like random junior interviewing him for interviewing him for an article of sorts. He knew Might nothing say, of me. He was graduating in December. Like He was a senior in his last semester of college. Yeah, he was. And so like, there was literally no point, but I was like, whatever. Like if he thinks I'm cute, like he'll ask me, I don't know what. I didn't think about the reality of the situation at all. I was just doing it. And I'm sure he knew that something was up, but he definitely didn't act like there was. But I just acted so strange when, I don't know why we exchanged messages beforehand. I, I don't know what exactly it was about, but all 
all I knew is that he would like take forever to respond. And I said like something weird, like, oh, like, thanks for the response. Uh, so much later, LOL, like stupid, stupid, stupid. But just like, I got so nervous around this guy because to me, he seemed so much older and so much wiser. And just, I was so, I was so inexperienced. Well, yeah, like two years, but like still I was scared. And anyway, we meet up for coffee and I am like dressed to the max. I have like full makeup, full hair, like cute outfit. And he comes in all casual with his t-shirt and we just talk, like do the interview for like an hour. But we also talk about other stuff. I kid you not, every single thing that came out of my mouth was so unlike me, so negative, so strange. And like, he could tell that something was wrong or maybe he couldn't, but it was just really a bad representation of who I am. Uh Like he was saying all these exciting things about like post-grad and travel. And I was like, don't you have to do this and that? Like whatever, like not even like being excited for him. Cause all I was thinking, I was just nervous. I was so in my head and it was so dumb. And I just remember feeling literally so terrible because he even asked me at one point, he's like, Hey, so like, how did you know? Like I was in this men's work. I don't know what. And I like had to explain the crazy story. But anyway, it was not just full detail of course it was just really difficult and I remember after that oh that this is not even the worst part I'm so sorry the story is so long I enjoyed talking to him so much he was very inspiring to me <laughs> I, I really no I was very inspired by the fact that he liked to travel and he was excited to travel like let me just say COVID happened right after this so like he didn't get to travel I feel so bad Poor guy. it inspired me like I'm not gonna lie even though like yeah like we didn't have our like you know, romantic outcome, but it was still really cool to like talk to him. Anyway, after he leaves the coffee shop, I'm like a little girl with hard eyes all over. Like, I'm just so excited. I'm like, oh my God, he's so cute, whatever. And write the article, put it up and I send it to him. And that day we had like an exam. And so I remember like going up to him because you get like assigned to take your Scantron to like a certain table after you take the test. And I was assigned to like his table. So I take my Scantron and I'm like talking to him for a bit, but we had this weird thing going on where like I would talk and then he would talk right after. And like, we were just, we were both not letting each other speak, talking over each other. Yeah. We were just talking over each other and it was just very fast and crazy. And it was, ugh, it made me feel so like weird and awkward. <laughs> and he gave me a fist bump and it was just like, <laughs> oh my God, like he sees me as a five-year-old. But then afterwards I had the audacity to text him and be like, Hey, like, oh, by the way, here is this link to this, this other like article. I don't know what. Um, by the way, like, I really enjoyed our conversation. We should do it again sometime. And he was like, "Yeah, for sure. I'll see you around." And I was like, oh, "Rejected," but also my first time ever shooting my shot. After that, I swear, shooting my shot has been so difficult. I don't want to oh do it ever again. Gosh, I don't hard. know. How, I don't know how guys do it, and I felt so humiliated, like so embarrassed, and just <laughs> awkward, just so awkward. The fact that I even did that, like, you know, granted, it was a growing experience, like whatever. He but didn't necessarily reject you though. He but just he politely did. He politely rejected me. He politely, the yeah. And well, to me, it was a rejection. It was so like awkward and weird and I just oh like I wish I could take it back but I'm not gonna lie at this point in my life if I were to see him in person like I would tell him straight up like this is the truth this is the truth about that night this is the truth of the story (laughs) um so you're welcome uh enduring awkwardness 
if you have an enduring awkwardness story, send it in to us because I promise you there are plenty more where that one came from and ones that <laughs> honestly I don't even know if I could ever say on this. But podcast. seriously, we want to do an episode entirely dedicated to y'all's enduring awkwardness stories. I think that'd be so fun. And let me just say, whenever this happened, like it literally was like the world crumbling yes. for Emma. <laughs> it was like Dasam knows I would rant about this like every oh single day God. for a straight like four or five months even like after the yeah, fact like way after because I felt that- so rejected <laughs> um <laughs> I will say really quick just a little follow-up after that had happened like he had you know rejected me whatever a couple days before he- before graduation I was at our student center and I ran into both my ex-boyfriend and him and they were like catty corner to each other and I know I know that my TA saw me but I did not have the courage to face him after being rejected so I legitimately <laughs> ran away like I like my backpack the super huge work face <laughs> turned it towards him and just walked away acting as if I didn't see him even though we made eye contact so that was the last time I ever saw him in person honestly but no like <laughs> So yeah, that's what happened. And the wind is blowing at our window really, really loudly. And it sounds a little spooky. For real. Okay, guys. If you're still here on this extended episode, first of all, thank you. We love you so much. But go to our recent Instagram post and please comment TA. (laughs) Just TA. It'll be an inside (laughs) joke. Like between you and I. They're like, (laughs) talk? Is that an acronym for something? Do it. I can't wait. Also, because I need to know who heard it so I can like text you privately and be like, listen, like this is not really who I am. (laughs) Okay, guys. Follow us on Instagram at Before We Make It and be sure to tune in for next Thursday's episode. We love y'all. Thanks for listening. Bye, Bye. Bye.